Praise God. Well, you may be seated. I'm sure you thought with our little presentation up here this afternoon that you thought Brother Moss was preaching. <laughs> he could surprise us. Um, but we have uh, some little friends joining us today for our sermon, and they're well-loved. And this little one down here happens to be a little gift from Dinah before their family took off. Uh, you know, to our a little hand-me-down from their family. So we're remembering them today, and she just celebrated her birthday. So that was sweet to see on Facebook. Um, well, last week we heard a sermon from Pastor Leela uh, in which she challenged us to give it all to God. And we, we ended, you know, as a, individuals and, and as a church, we ended... Uh, last Sunday's sermon in a place of surrender. We can't give anything to God if we don't surrender it, you know, from our grasp and whatever it is in our lives, maybe a couple things. Uh, but we ended in a place of surrender. And, you know, that place of surrender is a place of brokenness. And that's a place that none of, it's not comfortable for anybody. Brokenness means there's pieces that we are trying to, you know, frantically put back together and get back together and it's just a place we don't like to be, but it's a necessary place for our lives, especially in our walk with God and spiritually. And so you know, the place of surrender gives us an opportunity. It's kind of a gift. We don't think of holding our pieces of our lives in our hands, our broken situations or things about us that are broken. We don't like to see that, but surrender is a gift because it, it offers for us the opportunity for a fresh new start. And so whatever was surrendered last week in, in your life, uh, maybe it was surrendering to your, a faith in God and a walk with God. And, you know, baptism has been spoken about this afternoon already and uh, repenting and putting ourselves in God's hands and putting our faith and our soul in the hands of the Lord. Maybe that's what was surrendered last Sunday for you. Or uh, for others of us, it was something, another area of our lives that we need a new start in. And we have the pieces and what we're doing isn't working to get them back together or whatever. And we need to surrender those pieces to God. And so whatever was surrendered last week, don't pick it back up. Okay, and if you did pick it up this back, it, pick it back up this week at some course, you know, on Monday or Tuesday or Wednesday. If you were trying to pick up those pieces that you surrendered to God on Sunday, you can lay it back down just as easily as you did it last Sunday. And so you've done it before; you can do it again. Just give it all to God and keep it in His hands. Because my message today, the message of the Lord, it's not my message, the Lord's message, today is, is meant to instruct us on how to give it all to God and leave it there. And so when I heard the sermon last Sunday, I thought, oh good, this is tracking because God gave, uh, laid this on my heart a couple weeks ago. And so even the, uh, just a taste this morning, I, this uh, afternoon, I thought, well, gosh, I don't have anything to preach now. There's nothing left. <laughs> uh, Leela started it last week and Sister Debbie finished it this week. And so might be a little overlap there, but that's okay. Can't hurt. If you weren't listening the first time, you're going to be like, oh, I didn't hear that. 
what's she talking about? No. So anyway, uh, but um, so the message today is picking up. How do we stay surrendered? And can I have my title slide, please? Like a little child, being like a little child before God our Father. And I could have had, you know, I thought about how to kind of have a, a visual. What I really would love is to just have children sitting all around me uh, this afternoon. And, you know, that would probably be super distracting. I'm sure the little stuffies are distracting enough. Um, but I kind of wanted that, you know, and so instead of having the kids stay up here, and that's kind of nerve-wracking for them, too, to be stared at the whole sermon, I thought, well, let's bring little things that are sitting before us during the sermon uh, that remind us of being like a little child or being a little child. And so I surrounded us with some special stuffies. Um, I'm going to start with a passage in which we find Jesus is angry with his disciples. Jesus has eight hands right here. Um, so we have an angry Jesus. And we know this because uh, in the book of Mark, where we'll be reading, uh, chapter 9, it ends, well it's, kind of in the, well, it's kind of the middle end, not quite the end of Mark, chapter 9, but we're getting to the end of Mark, with Jesus telling his disciples you know, the prediction of his upcoming death. So it's kind of a heavy topic, he's walking and talking with the Lord. Um, it's a serious topic that he's talking about, and it's sad, you know, that he's talking about his death and departure with his disciples. And, and then we read, following that discussion, which is the scriptures you see up on the screen, uh, Jesus' disciples decide to bicker among themselves about who's the greatest in the kingdom. So isn't that nice? You're talking about your death and that it's coming, and then your disciples turn around and start arguing with one another about, well, who's going to be the greatest? So Mark chapter 9, verses 33 through 37, uh, we will read. It says, after they arrived at Capernaum and settled in a house, Jesus asked his disciples, what were you discussing out on the road? But they didn't answer because they had been arguing about which one of them was the greatest. He sat down, called the twelve disciples over to him, and said, Whoever wants to be first must take the last place and be the servant of everyone else. Then he put a little child among them. Taking the child in his arms, he said to them, Anyone who, comes, uh, uh, who welcomes a little child like this on my behalf welcomes me, and anyone who welcomes me welcomes not only me, but also my Father who sent me. And when we read again uh, this uh, type of discussion in Mark chapter 10, just the next chapter, verses 13 through 16, it says, One day some parents brought their children to Jesus so he could touch and bless them. But the disciples scolded the parents for bothering him. When Jesus saw what was happening, he was angry with his disciples. He said to them, Let the children come to me. Don't stop them, for the kingdom of God belongs to those who are like these children. I tell you the truth, anyone who does not receive the kingdom of God like a child will never enter it. Then he took the children in his arms and placed his hands on their heads, and he blessed them. So the disciples really want, when they ask Jesus who's the greatest, 
they really wanted Jesus to turn around and point out amongst them which one was the greatest so that, you know, the one who he pointed out could hang it over the other disciples' heads when a decision was trying to be made and say, but Jesus said, I'm the greatest. So, you know, that kind of, you know, shuts everyone else up. But, you know, they were hankering for power. Somebody was, whoever started asking that. They were hankering for a position above one another. And that whole discussion just made Jesus angry. And, you know, like I had said uh, just a minute ago, you know, it's no wonder. Jesus had just shared, uh, you know, his uh, upcoming death, and, and this is their response. They've walked with him for a few years now and have heard this over and over, and Jesus had kind of taught them and prepped them for this moment and this discussion, and it just didn't go the way Jesus thought it would go. And so they're kind of a, a mess, a bunch of arguing grown men, and you know, they knew that Jesus was God. They knew that he had come in the form of a baby. You know, they knew, they knew that. You know, it, it, Jesus came in the form of a baby for the very reason he was telling them. You know, the greatest is one who is like one of these little children. Um, not, Jesus didn't come as a great king. He, so he's his own example, and, uh, and like these little children were for the disciples. But the disciples weren't connecting the dots there. So the disciples created a teaching moment for Jesus. Wasn't that sweet of them? And I'm sure Jesus needed more of these moments. With that, He was probably like, oh, I just wish they'd give me another reason to just teach them because they're just behaving so well. I miss teaching them. So they provided this opportunity for Jesus to teach them one more time about uh, a disciple and virtues that a disciple should have if you call yourself one of his. And this time he taught them about the virtue of humility. And he used the example of a little child because he had, as we read in the scripture, he had several around him that day and he was able to invite them to come and stand with him. And the little children heard Jesus talking to the disciples and teaching them, using them as examples that these grown people are in the wrong and you're in the right. Children don't hear that a lot. So that was probably good, huh? Um, but, you know, why a little child, especially for this example of humility? Because humility isn't necessarily the first word I think of when I think of little children. And children are, you know, they're self-centered. It's part of their development. I'm, you know, not pointing fingers, pointing blame. It's part of their development. Children, their world is about them, and that's it. And it's about what they want, and they want it, you know, when they want it, and that's it. You know, you can't, there's no other uh, reasoning or logic for them. But this example isn't referring to the actions or the feelings of humbleness like a child. Because children are developing and they're growing in that. Um, but, you know, and kids have attitudes and behaviors, you know, up and down, up and down on any given day. I mean, so do we as adults, too. But, um, you know, uh, we're expected to mature in our attitude and in our feelings and expression of those like children are. Parents expect their children to grow and understand and learn. Uh, parents are to teach their children. Well, that's not a right attitude, or that behavior wasn't, wasn't uh, correct today. 
And we're expected to mature in our behavior and attitude to reflect Christ as we grow as well. Paul said, you know, he left behind his childish ways, you know, the childish thinking. That, he means that self-centeredness, that it's all about me and, and uh, what I need and what I do is about me and, and not about others. Paul said, I left that behind as a disciple of Christ because it's part of the maturity of being a disciple of Christ. It's a part of our discipleship process. And Paul says, you know, we won't be perfect at it till the Lord comes back. But uh, maturity in our behavior and our attitude of humility is part of our discipleship process. Um, the scripture also says, you know, things like, you know, a disciple, when we're new to Christ, we're, we're eating milk, you know, just like a baby. And as you grow, you're able to start to chew and swallow and handle the meat. Other ways the scripture talks about this maturing process as a disciple is we start bearing the fruits of the spirit in our lives, and those fruits point others to Christ. And uh, God uses the gifts of his spirit through the body of Christ at, to edify the body of Christ. So these are all things that scripture talks about as far as maturing from being a child and, and that... Um, selfishness and that attitude and behavior of a child. But this humility is referring to the absence of self. It's a mentality. It's a perspective. Jesus was correcting their perspective on what greatness was. Um, and, you know, it's an understanding of our view of ourself, our position. And, you know, this whole concept of, well, I, I can't do A or B without C. You know, I can't be enough. I, I'm not enough. Um, I need God. I can't do A or B without God. You know, the C being God. And so humility requires total dependence, a total dependency. In children, as Jesus knew, of course, and he's using in his example to his disciples, uh, children are a great example of this total dependency um, because children are totally dependent. This is a, a no-brainer. They're totally dependent on their parents or an adult in their lives for everything. I, you know, I think about how a new baby comes into this world and how life is sustained only through the mother um, or an adult that is present to feed it. Babies can't feed themselves. They can't sustain their own lives. They can't do anything without an adult. Right now, my life is lived for my three children. They're seven, four and a half, and two tomorrow. Uh, and they, you know, I'm sure they could do more on their own, but they, they act like they can't. But no, I mean, I, they need their parents still. You know, they're, they're still children. They still rely on mom and dad for a lot. Um, they're still little. And you know, they d rely on, on Arash and I to feed them and to go get their groceries and to cook the food and provide for them whenever they have a need and to protect them and to love them. And so in Jesus' time, in the scriptures we read, children were of lower status. 
uh, in their society and having no rights or power in their society. Today, you know, children, again, you don't really get rights until what, like 16 or, you know, you start being able to drive or 18, you get to vote and things like that. But in our society, children, it's a little bit more, they're, a little, they're seen a little bit more optimistically than they were back in Bible times. And so they were of lower status and so he was correcting his disciples' question about greatness and their perspective of it uh, with this answer of being like a little child, having humility of understanding of their position. Children understand their position, that they are dependent on their parents or an adult in their lives. And Jesus said, you guys have got this wrong. And Jesus said that being powerless, not powerful, uh, being lowly, not of high status, like th this child knows, and he had little children, just like a child knows that he is. It's, it's, these are the greatest in the kingdom of God. We heard that from Sister Debbie in the, uh, uh, it's speaking about service, that we, Jesus kind of turns that understanding of what greatness is in the world. He turns it on its head. And um, even greatness still today is still associated with power and status. And so this scripture still applies to us because our culture is not much different than it was back in biblical times. And so I learned something, uh, that to be like a little child, humility causes us to be unselfconscious. Have you guys ever heard of that word? We say self-conscious all the time. But I've never thought of the opposite, ever. And so humility requires this unselfconsciousness. Um, unselfconsciousness is not being embarrassed or shy about who you are or how you act. Because self-consciousness is you're self-conscious about what you're going to say and how, what you're going to do and what you just did and what people are thinking. But the opposite is unselfconsciousness. And think about a little child. They act, they do whatever they they're not ashamed of it. They're not ashamed that they're um, dependent on parents. It's natural. It's natural. And so a child's humility uh, stems from something that they don't control, and they're not embarrassed about that. It's just natural. And, and you know, they're learning. They don't, they don't know anything yet. That's why they turn to a parent and they ask questions, and they depend on a parent or a, a, a trusted adult to give them answers and guide them and lead them, and it's just natural. And in using children as his example, Jesus taught his disciples, and you know, the, the, by extension, his church. We call ourselves his church today, don't we? So this applies for us as well, that to have this same humility as children of God, and spiritually as disciples, if we have the right perspective, if we understand our relationship with God as he intends it, uh, we should not be ashamed about being dependent on God for everything. In fact, it should cause us to rejoice. It's a blessing that children don't have to worry about what we worry about and that we have to teach them. They don't have that burden of responsibility. That's a blessing. Jesus said, listen, this is a blessing that Total dependency is on me, and you don't have to worry about the things you think you have to worry about. Amen. You don't have to control it. You don't have to figure it out. We, you know God. You call, you call yourself a disciple. 
you got to rejoice in the fact that you don't have to figure this all out because we know the God who knows all things. And so yesterday, my family and I were at um, the district junior camp event that uh, was being held over in New Jersey, and it was a little service, and then it was also, you know, kind of like a carnival playtime. And during the service, um, the speaker there uh, had four children, four volunteers come up, come forward to the front for an illustration. And one of the kids was this little girl, and she was pretty young. She was probably four years old, and, and um, she didn't really know what she was volunteering for, uh, but it was a blind food-tasting contest. And the theme was being salt and light in our world. So one of the, um, the, the uh, blind food taste tests was a spoonful of salt. I just, I was like, That's so, is that borderline mean? Um, but no, it was just a little bit. But they did have a trash can up there in case anyone got sick. <laughs> it's just so funny. Okay. So the point was for that. There were two little teams. And the point was to, you know, do the blind taste test foods and guess which ones they were tasting. And the first person to do the taste test, so she didn't see anybody else do it. And they, they were already blindfolded. Um, the first little person was this little four-year-old. And she had her blindfold on. And before the speaker could get the spoon in her mouth, she ripped off her her blindfold like this and threw it on the ground and just like stood there you know with this face and she didn't want to participate anymore and she ran off stage to her parents in you know who were sitting in the audience and she sat with them and you know everybody was laughing it was cute but I mean you know because what else it's okay that that happened she's little and what else would we expect that she except that she would run to her parents and go tell them why she didn't want to do that anymore, or, you know, cry on their shoulder and they'd make her feel better. And um, so that you know, is a natural response for a child to run to the safety of her parents. Um, and she didn't have to think about, you know, how to make it right, what she needed right then, because her parents would help her and her parents would do that. And, you know, who else sitting in the audience could do what her parents could do for her? Um, but how often do we depend you know, solely on ourselves to meet our own needs. We have an injury, we want to heal our own wound. Uh, you know, we have a, a it, you know, attitude, we want to, we want to, or fix everyone else's attitudes, you know, we, but except we don't want to fix our own. We have, you know, there's problems where, that we create and we turn around, we want to fix it. Um, it just, you know, it doesn't seem natural to do that. And I know Pastor Leela asked us, how's that working for you? you know, last week. It, you're trying to, to, to do this yourself. You're trying to make things right. How's that working for you? It just does not work well. And um, our humility, you know, it, it requires this unselfconsciousness that this, you know, I, I got to go to my father. I got to go to the one who can handle this for me. We, we have to not be ashamed about that, be ashamed of being dependent uh, on God, because as disciples of Christ, we're Jesus says, you got to remain like a little child. We don't, this is the part we don't mature from. We need to mature in our attitude and our behaviors, the things we used to like, the things we like, you know, whatever, all that. But, but we can't mature from needing God. We can't mature beyond that. And, you know, the funny thing is, is that, you know, in any other type of relationship, if you're dependent on someone else, you know, that's unhealthy, you know, the, the message is, oh, you got you to break from that. That's unhealthy. But that's not so in the kingdom of God. Because the kingdom of God is not, not of this world. 
And so remain dependent on God and celebrate that, rejoice in that, and don't be ashamed on that, of that. And, uh, <clears throat> you know, because what else makes sense as a substitute for God? I guarantee you that I would have made a poor substitute for that little girl who ran off the, the platform yesterday. She wouldn't want me. I can't do, I, this, I, wouldn't be the, I wouldn't be the right, I'm not her parents. And so, you know, what else makes sense as a substitute for God when we are trying to depend on ourselves or someone else or other things in this world? Um, nothing makes a good substitute in place of total dependency on God. Amen. We have all our answers in Jesus, and it, it seems just crazy sometimes about uh, you know, how quickly we forget that we have this access to Jesus Christ and the creator of all things. Amen. And I just pray that the Lord help us to not take that for granted in our lives. He is such a gift in our lives. Amen. And our dependency on our Father as his children for everything is as natural as a little child's dependency on their parents. Um, and this is what Jesus was correcting in his disciples. And this is what Jesus expects from us as his church. In fact, Jesus clearly set the expectation for those who will not come to him like a little child. He said he won't bless them. And he'll not, he won't bless those whose reliance and dependence is on anything other than him. And total dependency on God in this life is how we participate in the kingdom of God. And in the present, the kingdom of God is now. Yes, it's eternal. And that's something Sister Debbie touched on. But the things we do now impact the kingdom of uh, God in the future, in our life after what this life is. And so... If we want the blessings of God in our lives now and to participate in the kingdom of God now, we have to be like little children and dependent on God for everything. And it starts now. And, you know, God has prepared blessings for his children. That's what God has prepared for us. God's plans for you, God's plans for his church has always been blessings. It's never wavered from that. It's never changed. Uh, in fact, if we read in Matthew chapter 7, verses 9 through 11, it says, you parents, this is Jesus speaking, if your children ask for a loaf of bread, do you give them a stone instead? Or if they ask for a fish, do you give them a snake? We have a snake here. Of course not. So if you sinful people know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give good gifts to those who ask him? But we want God's blessings on our lives without the obedience, without the humility like a little child. And Jesus said, that doesn't fly in my kingdom. He's the king, and he doesn't have to accept just anything. Your choice comes with a cost. And I think that sometimes we think that God likes to withhold his blessings. Oh, good, I'm glad he didn't choose my blessing today. I'm glad. Because we think God is just wait, looking, waiting to, to punish us. When in fact, God wants to bless 
That's actually what he wants to do. And I think it grieves the Lord when the consequence is not blessing, but it's us, our choices resulting in missing out on the blessings of God. Jesus expected his disciples to hear him in his teaching that day and to repent. Their perspective was focused on the worldly kingdom instead of the things of the kingdom of God. And that made me think about, you know, how much I want and, and ask God for his blessings in my life. But I'm, I'm seeking him like the disciples were back then. Am I totally dependent on God, or have I outgrown the, the need for, you know, God? Have I outgrown the need to be dependent on God, uh, according to my own opinion, you know, and yet still expect the same blessings as if I was obedience, ob in obedience to it? And I think that's a question we can all reflect and ask ourselves. Am I remaining totally dependent on God, or have I outgrown that in some areas in my life? We heard it uh, uh, this uh, in the opening of our worship. We can't save ourselves. Do we really think our good works are, what are going to save us? Have we outgrown the need for God's salvation in our lives? Do we think we don't need that? Maybe you do, but I don't. It seems weak to depend on God. It's not weak. Uh, we need God. And so the, uh, then the scripture says that Jesus laid his hands on the little children surrounding him and he blessed them. And he did this right in front of his disciples. The blessing that they expected that day, they watched God give it to someone else. And Jesus told them, try again. How many times as parents do we say that to our kids? I try to just say, nope, try again, so that I don't say other things. Uh, but he said, try again. Come to me as a little child, and you too will be blessed. And that must have felt harsh maybe even maddening for the disciples to watch that. You know, this was a class of society. They, they thought, in fact, they told, uh, they thought the children were, were going to bother the Lord, and they didn't even think they were worthy of being there that day in the presence of God. That's what they thought of them. And God blessed that. And, uh, you know, maybe it was a bit maddening to them, but hopefully it was humbling. And, because the disciples, they were being childish in that wrong sense, that sense of, aren't you matured past this now? Really? No, they were being selfish. They were being greedy. They were chasing the message of the world rather than the message of the word. So what do I have? You know, what do you have? What are you in need of today? If you're seeking truth and salvation, ask the Savior. If you're needing healing emotionally, ask your counselor. If you're needing direction, ask the Father. You know, if you're needing provision, ask the provider. 
If you're needing wisdom, ask something, wisdom in an area of your life, ask the source of wisdom. If you need someone to listen, talk to the best friend that you'll ever have. If you need peace, ask the peacemaker. If you need encouragement, ask the life coach. You know, if you need a reason to keep going, ask your creator and your maker of all things. If you need a physical healing, ask the great physician and healer. If you have questions, ask the teacher. You know, these are childlike virtues that Jesus said, don't mature beyond this. I'm the father, you're the child, and that's the relationship of a disciple of Christ. You know, there are a few other things that uh, I thought about in, in, what, uh, in virtues of children that apply to us as children of God and, you know, that curiosity like a child. Because children don't know things. And if we saw ourselves in that position with God, God, I don't know. I don't know how to do this or that, make this better, fix that. I don't know the direction. I don't... Children don't, they don't, they know very little. That's just part of what a child is. They learn and grow. And so be curious like a child. Turn and ask God and be curious in front of the Lord. Asking questions doesn't, doesn't mean you don't have faith. It means you're trying to grow. That's a good thing. If you've ever met my son, Kale, he'll talk your ear off with questions. You know, have curiosity like Kale. Um, but it's essential to growing into who we need to be as disciples of Christ, just like it's essential for a child to grow into themselves. So be curious. Let's keep simplicity like a child. I'm not saying be simple in the sense that we kind of lack maturity and knowledge, but it means not being bogged down with these complexities of life. You know, life is, is hard at times. You know, life is messy, uh, life is complex, but, you know, just keep this simplicity that children have. If you've ever heard a child pray, it's real simple, short and sweet. Why? Because they believe that what they ask, the Lord will do. And we need to have that simplicity. It's plain and simple. Ask the Lord, tell him what you want, and, and God will do it. You know, be teachable like a child. And we have to keep that position. We know very little compared to the Lord, who knows all. We know very little. That's not a degrading statement. That's so that we can understand that that's okay because God knows all, and we can talk to the one who knows all. You know, we know little, very little. We understand even less. So, you know, some might be offended about that statement, but I think it's, I'm so glad. I don't have to know everything. <laughs> oh, God's got it. So I don't need, you know, I don't got to figure it all out, but uh, we need to trust like a child. You know, children implicitly trust their parents. Now, I know life and circumstances. We live in a broken world, and we have not, uh, per parents that aren't perfect, and, you know, things can happen in this life to break that trust. But I'm talking about initially. Children, your parent is the one you need in your life. You trust them. And uh, that's our natural relationship as child, children of God, as disciples of Christ to God who is our father, you know, believe like a child, have faith, have faith like him, uh, like a child. Again, we don't know everything, but, you know, no matter what, we can know that God will take care of us. 
And uh, that's part of the trust. That's part of faith in, 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 as disciples of Christ that, yeah, we're not really sure about a lot, but we know God's going to take care of us. Have that eagerness and zeal to serve the Lord and his kingdom. In our small groups, we're talking about service. You know, this is probably going to come up in our small group discussions. But, you know, being eager to serve uh, in the Lord's kingdom. And, you know, if you watch the little kids around here uh, at our volunteer refresh we had last, last October, you know, the little kids were going around. We had booth sets, uh, booths set up. And, you know, they were ministries that you could sign up and, and serve in. And we had the little kids going around saying, where can I put my name? You know, they just have this eagerness to serve the Lord, and they love having that little responsibility because uh, it's meaningful to them. You know, serving is a very meaningful thing, especially uh, the Lord's people and, of course, serving God. And, you know, forgive like a child. You know, children are quick to forgive. Uh, and that's something that we keep in our hearts as, as disciples of Christ. Uh, again, life can be harsh and hard at times, and we start believing, well, I don't need to forgive because I, I, this one I have an out for. There's a reason why I've done. No, we need to forgive like a child. Doesn't, uh, well, there's more on that for another sermon. Okay, have joy like a child. Have joy. Um, this kind of leads me into the next virtue, which is this carefree. You know, be carefree like a child is. Their little nature of a kid, they just, I mean, every day is an adventure. You know, every day to them is something new. They, they wake up, the sun is shining every day. It's just the nature of a child. And children have joy because they have so little to worry about. That's why they have such joy. And just as disciples of Christ, we can have that joy because we actually have very little to worry about if we trust God. We're taken care of. They're taken care of. Yes. Thank you, Jesus, for that promise. I wish we would all walk in it, including myself. Um, but yes, we can be carefree in Christ because Jesus said, uh, be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. And uh, my last one here is to love like a child. It's pure. You know, a child's love is just pure. It's genuine. Uh, it's forgiving. It's not complicated. It's not jaded. You know, the world's going to jade our love a lot. You know, the, what pours out of us. Because um, life is hard. It can be. And, uh, you know, our love for God, it can't be conditional. Because God's love for us is not conditional. It's not based on God doing whatever we want. It's based on his goodness and his love for us. Because the scripture says when we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. And so the Lord loves us. And just love him back, that simplicity you know, that children have. Love the Lord back because of who he is. You know, life can cause us to, to kind of grow up fast. Uh, circumstances, you know, at times... Life hurts us, and at times it robs us of, of some of these childlike virtues. And uh, at times life is so unfair. Uh, it's, it's, I've already mentioned life is hard sometimes. But one lie that we cannot, as his disciples, trade for truth is that our dependency on God as his children, uh, that, that we should ever mature beyond needing him. Amen. Don't allow the message of the world to make you feel self-conscious about your dependency on God. 
There's nothing wrong with it. It's not a weakness to need God. It's actually his plan. And God blesses his plan, but he doesn't bless anything outside of it. And our service to him and to our neighbor, you know, as loving others, is done in humility like a little child with total dependence on him forever. And so as I was kind of uh, thinking about, you know, this is the conclusion of the message, and I was thinking about, uh, it's kind of funny, actually, that uh, God filled our world with little children because it's a constant visual reminder of his invitation to us as his disciples to come to him like a little child. So every day this week or, you know, whenever you're out in public and you see a little child, remember, that's how Jesus calls us to him and our response. You know, we love seeing kids respond to their parents. We're glad they have someone there to protect them. When a kid is wandering around, like eight moms go over and try to figure out where, you know, and dads too. I just said moms because I am one, but, you know, trusted. They go and they see, we had um, Joel at the 4th of July totally take off. I took one picture. You know how fast it takes, it, it is to take a picture on your phone? I took one picture and Joel was gone in a second. And we were in the, a sea of people and everyone was wearing tie-dye and so was he. So I couldn't find him because everybody wore tie-dye that day. Uh, anyway, he had, you know, he had booked it and a mom had gotten up from her picnic blanket because we were down at the riverfront and she saw him running without a parent and she went after him. So, you know, we, we are, we look for parents, you know, we are happy to return a child to their parent. It's a good, you know, it's a good relationship. Well, just like that, you know, our dependence on God, it's a good thing for us. It's God's plan for us. And uh, I just pray that we never feel that we have to mature beyond the need for God. And so we thank God for that reminder in our little children to continue to come to him like a little child. And so if you would stand uh, with me, if there's music, you can come. And I wasn't quite sure how to necessarily uh, uh, invite you all into prayer uh, following this service. I feel like this is a message I was thinking about uh, in my own life and kind of working through and asking myself the same questions I was asking all of you. And so I guess what I'm thinking about now is, you know, these pieces. Kept, kept kind of thinking about the pieces of our lives that we hold in our hands and how we need to surrender those to the Lord. And so I'm just going to ask that we think about that and reflect on that right now as we go into a time of prayer and take these pieces and, you know, keep them in God's hand, lay them down at the altar, come to the Lord like a little child. Some of us might need to repent. That's okay. Repentance is what puts us in right relationship with God when we can recognize, Lord, I've been acting like I don't need you and I'm so sorry because we need the Lord every hour, amen? So let's pray, let's just take some time. This front altar is open. If you'd like to come pray down at the front, some of us like to do that to just, you know, have a time of focused prayer. You're also welcome to pray in your seat where you are. But I thank you, Jesus, for this example of the little children in our lives, God, and how you love us like a parent loves their child. Lord, 
you want to take care of us. You want to provide for us. God, you want to lift our burdens off our shoulders. Lord, we don't allow you to do that sometimes. Oh, Lord, I know it grieves you to watch us hurting. Lord, it grieves you to watch us carry burdens, Lord, that aren't meant for us. God, I just pray we can hand over anything, Lord, in our lives that we're just not giving to you, God, or we're taking back. Or, Lord, that we feel like, oh, goodness, I shouldn't have let that go. If I don't have control over it, something's going to happen. Lord, I just pray we can give over our control to you, Lord, and know, God, that whatever you do with our pieces, Lord, of our lives, it's going to be good. Lord, you don't do anything that harms us, God. You do all things to bless us and love us. Oh, I thank you, Jesus, for that today. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah. You are such a good father. Oh, help us to not take for granted the opportunity we have before us, God, to be in relationship with you, God, to be totally dependent on you, God. Oh, Lord, I thank you. We have access to the creator of all things, the one who knows all, the one who knows the end from the beginning. Praise God. Oh, we love you, Jesus. We love you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. Hallelujah.
Thank you, Jesus. Oh, we just have to remember to give it all, right? Give it all to God like we heard last week and staying surrendered before the Lord. It means we have to continue to be like that little child. Don't take it back. Children don't say, oh, I had a better idea. Yeah, I mean, they do sometimes, but they don't think about that. I mean, they just, they depend on their parents and you solve the problem and they go on with life. And uh, we need to do the same thing spiritually and with the things in our own lives and give those to God and just keep going. We can keep going and things will be okay. So thankful to know the Lord today and I appreciate seeing each and every one of you here. We all do. Um, a, a reminder to our guests, if you have a couple minutes, uh, right back through these back doors um, in the reception room, we'd like to spend a little time with you, get to chit-chat, have a snack, and it'd be lovely to see you. Uh, the rest of you have a wonderful week, and God bless.